episode 29 of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. Our tales with Harry Gorsky have abruptly ceased, now deceased. Gone is he without a word, without an explanation, without a goodbye, disappearing right through the door to only he knows where. Yet things that had been sleeping still stirred. Puppets awoken by a wicked ritual gone awry sat before the smoldering hearth in Harry's sitting room, a ritual that intended no good, stretching too far, releasing lonely ancient beings whom looked for a new home so long ago, yet received not a so warm welcome. That fatal first time within the manor. Mischief and mayhem they had inflicted upon the manor, till a long slumber cast upon them by the Gorskys, a slumber that seemed to have softened their hearts, or so they say. Yet Harry did not believe these puppets, could not believe their transformation. Yet new times at the manor now welcomed them, giving them one chance to prove themselves. Still, Harry could not. I sat in shock on my ladder back chair. Feathers and Simon sat together on Harry's wingback chair. The clan of poppets calmly sitting upon the floor in front of us, waiting. I felt like crying. Again, it has happened. Harry gone. The same disappointment as all those years ago. Back then, he had disappeared. Without a word. Without an explanation. Without a goodbye causing empty times and fitful dreams. I felt my weariness of him was warranted. This time his absence felt not so earth-shaking. Still, deep weariness in my heart. Look at what he left me with. Poppets. So many poppets. My dear companions, Feather and Simon, looked to me oddly. I could feel a wedge of something between us. I felt as if I had forsaken them, sided with the puppets, and not Harry. I don't feel it was a fair choice. I don't recall even making the choice. Yet, have I made the wrong choice? I do not want to lose any of these friends. I moved over to sit with them, gently squeezing in between, waiting for their response. Simon jumped into my lap without hesitation. I gave him a hug of relief. Yet Feathers moved to the back of the wingback chair. I reached up to stroke her breast, 
but she moved out of my reach. I knew this is hard for her. The puppets had targeted her personally. I didn't know what I could say to make this situation better. I know she has a good heart. I hope she can overcome. I hope we can remain friends. I hope the puppets stay true to the trust the manor has given them. So many hopes floating on the air. Well, I began slowly, waiting for the right words to find me, for I felt blank inside. Thank you, voice, I began as I stretched my hands over the puppets to include them. We all appreciate your kindness, your niceness. I do agree. If everyone was simply nice to everyone else, what a nice world it would be. The puppets shook their heads in agreement, as did Simon. I looked to Feathers, who remained still. Tuck gave me a friendly pinch. I think it was friendly and still remained hugging my left arm, which he hasn't let go of since we met. I could hear Harry's warning. Once they get attached to you, it's forever. I didn't think it would be physically. I was thinking more along the lines of love, but here he be, holding on tightly. I looked down to him, and his little gold eyes sparkled with affection. His face was changing, becoming more detailed than the simple turnip head he first had. Dear Poppets, I started. They all sat up straight to attention. We, at the manor, need your assistance. I could see this really caught their attention. Someone or something invited a nasty creature into the manor. It had turned out well. He was expelled. Oh, nice way to say that. But it could have been disastrous, especially for me, I thought, with a shiver. The poppets all hummed with concern. The culprit must be found, I stated with strong conviction. Please use your skills of stealthy sneaking and spying magics to seek out this villain. I almost said monster, but they can be nice, really. As you do this, please explore the manor. Remember... You have been welcomed within. Find your special place within these halls and empty rooms. Come back and share your tales with us, tales of what you have found and the mysteries of the manor. They all sat in silence. Do you all agree? I asked when no one made any response. They all turned to look at Tick, their leader. Tick stood up, bowed, and said, Yes! 
then promptly disappeared with the ring of his bells. One by one, each puppet followed Tick's lead. Each yes. stood, bowed, gave their agreement, yes. and disappeared yes. with a little jingle of their bells. They were all gone within seconds. Your friends are very fast, I shared with Tuck. How about you? Will you help? Help us, Tuck? I will stay with you. You are my new master, he said, giving my arm a kiss. I am happy and honored to be your friend, but not your master. You may go where you wish. I offered, trying to gently remove him from my arm. He shifted a little and said, Yes, Master Mary Mistress. With a resigned sigh, I gathered my things and headed to the door. Simon was with me, but Feathers still sat on Harry's chair. I walked back to her. Feathers? Feathers, Please come with us. We, I, need you, I said with a catch in my throat. I feel so bad for what has happened. She looked me in the eyes. I saw her look to the window. I could see her wanting to leave, to follow Harry. She looked to Simon. All I could do was wait. Tuck stretched out his hand to her. She moved back from the movement. Then her stand softened. I felt my heart jump with relief. Mistress, I, I will accompany you. For now, she whispered as she jumped back to my shoulder and snuggled against my ear. Simon gave a cheer as I stroked her soft feathers. To the door and through it together we went. Upon the click of the catch, I realized something was missing from my head. Touching my head in panic, I knew I had left Harry's top hat on the table in the room. My top hat! I cried. Another wave of panic and regret rushed over me. I felt a great loss overtake me without it. I turned the doorknob to re-enter the room. As it opened, I could immediately see something was wrong. It was no longer Harry's sitting room. I gasped with sadness. The room was full of cobwebs. White sheets covering unrecognizable shapes. I shut the door quickly and reopened it, hoping, wishing, please, please, please. But no wish for me this day. The room was no longer his sitting room. I collapsed to the floor in tears. This was just too much to bear. All this tension with the poppets, Harry's leaving, tensions with my companions, all simply too much. My friends all gave me hugs of comfort until my tears lessened. 
Oh, Harry, you are so unkind. As we sat together in the gloomy hall, me trying to overcome this disappointment, a white ball of yarn came rolling slowly to a stop in front of us. Its roll and appearance very unnatural. We looked at each other with surprise. I got up and tried the door one more time. Harry's sitting room remained beyond my reach. I think this is our way to go, I said, picking up the yarn ball, wiping my last tears. I started to rewind the loose string, following it where it will take us. Down the hall we went. I heard the gentle ring of a poppet bell somewhere in the distance. They are afoot. I looked to Tuck, who agreed. Poppets, he chimed in as he wiggled his legs to ring his bells. The yarn continued down a side hall and up some small wooden stairs. At the top, it wrapped around a pole, down another hall, into an empty room, and there disappeared into a large heating grate. We peeked inside and could hear some scratching within. I wiggled the iron grill, easily loosening the nails until it slid off and fell to the floor with a loud clang. Yikes! I said, looking around to see if someone or something would appear to check out the noise. But we remained alone. <laughs> Looks scary in there. Simon commented, looking into the vent, which actually went down. Ladder rungs clung to the wall, and we could see the white yarn disappear down below. We all looked at each other, deciding if we should go down. When we heard a hiss from behind, Tuck gave a scream. I could feel him release his hold on my arm and run away down the hall, bells ringing wildly as he ran. Tuck! I yelled, then saw the cat, a large tuxedo cat, claws extended, raced after him, only inches from his little body. Hey! I yelled, trying to distract the cat, to no avail. Feathers! I screamed. Can you help? Can, can you chase the cat away? She hesitated for a moment. This was a lot to ask of her. But her caring heart responded, and she quickly flew to the cat and with extended claws grabbed its shoulders, clawing and biting it, causing it to trip and tumble against the wall. This gave Tuck the chance to roll to a stop and switch directions back to us. He nearly flew into my arms, crawling to safety under my jacket. Feathers released the cat that hissed wildly before quickly backing away, disappearing down the dark hall. Derby. Wilf Moss shouted, broom in hand, as he came at us with threat. Wilf! I shouted. It's us! You know us! 
It does. Mistress, beware. Puppets are loose within the manor once again. I shall get the nasty beasties. As his eyes saw Tuck's legs that stuck out under my jacket, I turned away from him quickly to protect Tuck. This is Tuck. He's our friend. Wilf, the manor, has welcomed them this time. Do you not know? He stopped his aggression for a moment. Rubbing his stubbly chin, he hissed, Trickery. Simply trickery. No, it's true, I said, looking to Feathers and Simon for some assistance. Master Ma's car, mistress, does not lie. The puppets have been given one chance to prove they belong to within the manor. Gah. Feathers shared warmly. I was so impressed with her. After what she had gone through, her heart is so big. Wilf shook his head, looking very bewildered. A loud cat howl came from the shadows down the hall. Ah, Tux, times are changing. What be left for you to catch, mice and rat? He said with disappointment. We could see two green eyes blink in the dark, coming close to us. She gave another low growl, then faded away. We have been warned. Take great care. Wilf mumbled as he turned to leave. Oh, Wilf, I called before he too faded into the shadows. There is a vent over there. Do you know where it leads to? He waited for me and followed me to the vent. He looked confused as he peered down the tunnel, listening intently. We, too, came closer, waiting for what Wilf might know. He whispered, yes, we could just hear some odd melody float up to our ears. Wilf said flatly and turned as quickly as manor inhabitants do to be gone before we could even say thank you. We listened to the melody, so different. Do any of you know the weaver? I asked my friends. Tuck now slowly moved from under my jacket and back to cling to my left arm, apparently his favorite place, though he is light as a feather. All shook their heads. Well, shall we? The yarn says this is the way to go. And with that, I slowly crawled into the vent and onto the ladder. Feathers followed, slowly flying down to land on a rung below us. Simon, feeling brave, crawled down on his own. We passed another floor and took the time to peek through the grate into a candle-lit hallway. All seemed quiet, 
but I caught the sound of several bells in the distance. Poppets. I wondered where they all might disappear to. Did they separate or stay as one big group? The manor is so very grand. Oh, Tuck, do you perhaps know where the poppets went? Yes, merry mistress, to find the unwanted. Ooh, I thought that gave me a shiver of real discomfort. There truly is something unsavory in the manor. Would you like to join them? I asked Tuck, still a little uncomfortable with him clinging to my arm, which had a slight feeling of a barrier between me and Simon and Feathers. Oh, no, no, no. I stay with you. And he gave me a hug and a pat on my arm. All right, I thought. Simon, are you okay? Do you need help? I asked. Fine, <laughs> mistress, I'm fine, he answered as I watched him hop down a ladder, which is actually quite a feat. I could see feathers waiting by the next grill, which the yarn passed through. I was so glad to see this as my legs were getting a bit wobbly, since still I could not see how far down the bottom may be. The grill was easy to push out, and we all crawled into a room. I was surprised at this, as I had expected to see a hallway. Once we were all safely sitting on the solid floor, I closed the grill and took in the sight to behold. I followed the yarn and could see it was not yarn at all, but actually a room full of woven cobwebs.
was extremely cozy, yet cluttered. High ceiling, one window, arched at its top, opened to the night breeze. Everywhere were musical instruments. On the walls, hanging from the ceiling, on tables, and suspended in mid-air. The music parlor of Gorsky Manor. All was covered in the most beautiful cobwebs, hanging, stretching, connecting, everything to everything, beautiful webs of lovely patterns, gently pulsing in time with the night breeze. As the webs moved, lovely sounds flowed to our ears and into our hearts. Such feelings they evoked, deep emotions of the gentle, endearing kind. A nice change from all the sadness held within the manor. Movement caught my attention in a little nook to one side. I looked to Simon, and he returned my question, putting a finger over his mouth to remain silent. He began to creep forward slowly. We all followed and stopped when we heard the most heart-wrenching melody. A chill of pleasure rushed through me and into my heart, pulling more deep emotions from deep, deep, deep inside me. Where is this coming from? We slowly crawled past a piano, taking each step carefully, not wanting to make the floorboard squeak. 
we gently peeked around the corner of the piano and saw a white ghost, a curious little fellow. Hunched, so very intent in his work, playing the melodies that came from these cobwebs, for the webs were as an instrument. We watched him in awe as the intensity of the melody caused more arms to emerge from within his body. Each arm moved gracefully, purposefully, gently. In one corner, we could see a weaving of threads of black. These calling in deeper, mysterious sounds to complement the white cobwebs. As he wove the melody, he took new threads that he twisted with magic into a knot, then plucking the knot, causing sparkles to burst gently forth and float to the floor. We could see the floor was covered in these little crystals beneath the weaver. He played these threads and knots so warmly, the movement of his arms beautiful, so graceful to watch as that of a conductor, very intent on his work. A daddy long-legged spider covered in threads of blue, gold, and green crawled up the weaver's leg up to his shoulder to sit upon his head, throwing a thread to us that twisted gently, spiraling and coming to touch each one of us. Immediately, a daydream formed in front of my eyes. I could still see the weaver, but this gift of a vision was shared with each of us. The weaver worked slowly, up and down the warp he flowed, back and forth the weft he nodded, combining them into an unheard, unknown melody. How privileged I felt to see and hear this precious present moment. Ah, rope and cobweb magic. Feathers whispered in my ear. I could feel the presence of something very ancient here. We watched in awe, the ghost fully intent in his eternal task. I thought to the runes, they too, dear ancient beings. Cobweb, I wondered what beheld within this lovely word. I felt a swell of affection as I could see the runes woven there within the threads, the threads of cobwebs. Sheer joy for these special companions of my life. There was C for Calc, the rune of our divine center cord one that keeps us tethered to our life and path. Just as these cobwebs are tethered to this place, O is for the rune Othala, 
the ruin of our ancestral skills, passed down from generation to generation, growing stronger, more skillful, powerful, our centers through the years of time. W is for Munio, the rune of clear thought, clear hearing, clear feeling. E is for Avas, the rune of slow, precious working together, building something of importance, flowing with energy enough to complete the task. And B is Verberkana, the rune of nurturing oneself, kind words of encouragement and support, those secret places of joy. I also saw the rune air, a dark and quiet rune of mythical death, an inevitable slow process over lifetimes, the rune of ghosts and endings. And then from behind the piano, black and white thread slowly snaked out, growing, moving like vines, braiding together. I lifted my hand to touch it, and it wrapped gently around my finger and pulled me to the piano. I sat upon its bench as other tendrils joined me, and instinctively I began to weave. What am I weaving? I did not know, but I wove anyway. As I began, I could see my beginning upon my mother's piano in my grandmother's parlor, my five-year-old fingers hearing the call, touching the keys. Years passed in our home on Drury Lane, growing and learning the magic, showing my children the magic years later, playing the Yule songs of old, calling me to hear melodies shared from them, the music makers, music weavers, weaving with my partner who also hears their call. I felt so pleased, so grateful to hear their gentle oh, voices. Music magics, call. Feathers whispered, her comment broke my reverie. I could see the lovely little web I had woven between the black and white keys of this piano. I looked at it more closely. Oh my, this is my mother's piano. It did feel so comfortable, my fingers upon the keys. Yet the weaver ghost with many arms continued to weave, oblivious to all but his task. We watched for a few moments more, not wanting to leave. I looked to Tuck, who had fallen asleep. I looked to Simon, who sat beneath the piano, 
threads of cobwebs twisted around his toes and fingers and his mouth. Oh, Simon, I thought as I helped him get free. I didn't remove the cobwebs on his mouth for fear he would break into a song. I love him, but his singing. <gasps> Ooh. And I look to feathers who watched the weaver ghost with a far-away look in her eyes. I wonder what she holds inside, what her tale may be. We all got up quietly, not wanting to disturb the weaver and his spider. At the door, I turned to look back to him one more time and was surprised to see he was watching us leave. After my shock, I smiled to him and saw him mouth, Thank you, as the cobwebs pulsed and he slowly lost interest in us, returning to his never-ending weaving. We walked the halls for a time, in a contented, peaceful daze. As we passed before a window, by a staircase leading upwards, I glanced out and stopped short as I could see the manor main gate clearly. Yet that was not what caused my shock and curiosity, for all the puppets were there at the gate looking at one lone puppet outside. Tuck, I asked, what are they doing? Do you know who that lone puppet is? See, outside, by the gate? He jumped to the windowsill, looking intently at the scene. Ooh, it looks like Vic. Such a naughty puppet he be. Never a friend to me was he. Tuck replied, rhyming again. This gave me the willies, as oh for sure something was afoot. Something was wrong. Blessings and hugs, dear listener. <laughs>